0: say someone goes to prison for failing to pay child support the debt is still there after imprisonment with added interest and then there's more debt because of the imprisonment how do you get out of that trap how do you get out of jail and try to support your family have a life burdened with new debt
1: Welcome to The Shrinks on 3rd, our psychology and social justice podcast. I'm psychologist Julie Mayer. And I'm psychologist Cindy Ariel. Welcome in. So, Cindy, we've talked about how modern day slavery continues in prisons, where incarcerated people have to work for little to no money. Right, Julie. The slightly good news is that there's
0: been demand by incarcerated people for paid work and better living conditions in our nation's prisons, but it doesn't always go so well. Some prisoners demanding
1: fair wages get put into solitary confinement. So they get punished for asking for what they should be entitled to. That's our democracy. We've also talked about the injustice of the money bail system and how it discriminates against those who don't have the funds to get out.
0: True. And all that is important. Yep. Today, we're going to discuss what are called the pay-to-stay fees charged by prisons and jails that haven't been widely recognized
1: in the same way. Right, Cindy. I hadn't actually heard about this other troubling prison practice. But since around 1984, there's been a growing trend for states and counties to charge prisoners up to $80 a day for housing and to file civil suits to get the money from them. I know, I couldn't believe it when I first heard it. I didn't know anything
0: about this. By 2004, about a third of the county jails in the country and 50% of prisons charged daily housing
1: fees. It's a little mind blowing to think about. People who are in prison have to pay a daily fee like they're at a motel, as if they chose to be there.
0: That was really surprising to hear in a recent NPR report that people are charged for their own incarceration. 43 states now charge prisoners for their stay behind bars, which is an injustice that disproportionately targets minorities and poor people.
1: Right, because as we know and as we've discussed, African-Americans are more than five times as likely as whites to be locked up. It was somebody's brilliant solution
0: to solve high costs of imprisonment. Incarcerated people are asked by states to pay for their room and board and other costs even, like medical expenses, clothing, their beautiful outfits, you know, (laughs) transportation, security, meals. How about toilet paper and other normal living expenses? And this is on top of the already inflated prices they have to pay for food or hygiene or writing supplies, like in the commissary, and even for phone
1: calls to their families. Since most prisoners do not have endless funds to cover all of their needs, sometimes incarcerated people have to choose between getting personal hygiene products or seeing a doctor because they can only afford to do one of those things. And then add to these the costs
0: associated with court, with probation and parole fees, police transportation, filing cases, electronic
1: monitoring. All of these fees are charged and can really add up. It's an abusive system. Incarcerated people with no assets often have to earn their keep through mandatory work. They often work for under a dollar an hour, sometimes for as little as 12 cents an hour. And if they do industry jobs in prison, Maybe they make a little bit more, like $1.15 an hour. This is hardly enough for anything, but to be able to afford having to
0: pay room and board even at $10 a day.
1: States even devise ways to remove money from an incarcerated person's commissary account to reimburse themselves for housing them and courts support this.
0: There are so many little known fees that add to the cost people in prison are charged And when it's taken from their commissary money, I mean, that's money their family put in for
1: them. Right. So they're taking the family money, too.
0: Yeah. Starting in California, people in prison could be offered nicer stays for more money. So some incarcerated people could get flat screen TVs, use of a computer, better beds, or even those coveted semi-private rooms, single showers, or extra phone calls.
1: Wow, now that really seems unjust.
0: I know, can you believe it? Mm -mm. (laughs) Of course, people who pay for these amenities have resources unlike the majority of people in prison for whom these policies just assure longer standing poverty and debt.
1: Imagine, imagine finally getting released from prison, but with more debt than you had going in. So many people wind up in prison because of bad or desperate choices that they make around financial hardship. Then they get out in worse shape than they were before they went in.
0: Often people can't pay these fees. So minimal income for the state is generated anyway, compared with what it costs to go after the money, like for the states to sue.
1: And while it's illegal to jail someone solely for their inability to pay, fees or fines or bail, or it happens anyway. Once you're back in jail, they can take whatever cash you have and money from your family, obviously, to pay debt from past imprisonment. They can also attach future earnings when you get out and work just to pay the bills that you racked up in prison. If you can even get a job after having a prison record. So I wonder, how are these fees rehabilitative in any way? They're not. It seems like they increase the number of people likely to end up back in the system. Yep. And it varies across the state. So states can
0: do what they want. In Pennsylvania, charging room and board in jails is allowed, but not everyone does it. Not all the jails do it. 26 county jails in our state charge room and board fees between $10 and $20
1: a day. That might not sound like a lot to many of us, but if you're poor and you're in jail for even just 30 days, you can come out with a bill for your stay that's between three and $600 just for room and board, in addition to all the other fees that you mentioned before, Cindy.
0: And usually there are other expenses that people have to deal with.
1: Right. Some incarcerated people are responsible for paying income taxes, transportation, child support, restitution, and whatever other responsibilities they have under state law. Exactly. Let's say someone
0: goes to prison for failing to pay child support. The debt is still there after imprisonment with added interest, and then there's more debt because of the imprisonment. How do you get out of that trap? How do you get out of jail and try to support your
1: family, have a life burdened with new debt- And a prison record. Pay the first debt. Right. (laughs) And then, you know, you come out with a prison record, too. You got debt and prison record and more debt. It's like the system has set these people up to fail or to feel so desperate that they're likely to commit crimes again just to get the money that they need. And it's not like the fees are spelled out on a menu when you get incarcerated.
0: And even if they were, would you choose your stay anyway? People living in poverty cannot afford an unexpected $300 payment.
1: Right. Right. Apparently, the jail sends a bill and payment schedule after the person is released, and then they send some reminders. Some people try to pay when they can. Yeah, so poor people come out of jail with limited employment opportunities, housing
0: issues, and hundreds, if not thousands of dollars in debt. If they have to pay parole fees or fees for electronic monitoring, plus their regular household bills, it can really keep them in debt for a very long time.
1: And again, imagine how hard it is to be motivated when you work hard and you never, ever see any benefits from it. You're always in the hole, and especially in what are likely to be low-paying jobs for someone who's coming out of prison. It's hard enough to get by with those jobs without the additional debt from a prison stay.
0: A lot of people are mad at people who get incarcerated for doing whatever got them there to begin with. A common argument is that these people commit crimes and create the need for jails, so they should be the ones paying the fees. But this kind of financial exploitation only adds to a vicious cycle of poverty and crime.
1: Exactly, Cindy. I mean, that's what we're talking about. They come out of prison poorer than when they went in, not to mention, of course, traumatized with mental health problems from being in prison. Some jails have been caught trying to double dip by billing both the prisoner and the state for prison
0: stays. Even without this, the system fosters and maintains the inequalities we already know exist and are systemic.
1: After they do their time, poor people are still faced with financial burdens from their time incarcerated that basically continues their punishment. Definitely not motivating and, and I have a really big problem with this, not reparative and not encouraging. It doesn't support them in any way.
0: I think monetary punishment for people with resources can make some sense. Losing money when you have it can act as a deterrent for you know, a lot of people and possibly result in helping to control their behavior.
1: Maybe, or if they have a lot of money and some of it gets taken, they don't care. They continue on, I don't know.
0: Yeah. That's in general,
1: <laughs> it's important to hold people accountable and responsible. We're not saying that shouldn't happen, obviously. But most of the people who are in prisons are coming from lack of opportunity, they're coming from poverty, and punishing poor people by charging them money just criminalizes poverty. Yep. That's what we're talking about with regard to the money bail system too.
0: The whole thing magnifies the underlying causes of how and why people come to be involved in the justice system in the first place. It could even create a situation where they commit crimes just to try to pay off their fees, like you said, or they choose not to pay rent or some other bills because they have to get rid of their court
1: debt. Right. The justice system is theoretically supposed to serve all of us, just like the federal system that funds the buildings of roads and infrastructure. It needs to be funded equitably for everyone to benefit. There are alternatives. Yes, we wanna hold people accountable for offending, fine. But we need to do it in a way in which they can be accountable. They can make amends. They can move forward with productive lives so they don't have to stay in the judicial system. That would be more just. Yeah, you'd
0: think that would be what our society would actually want, to help people stop the cycle of crime and live responsible lives in which they can contribute in positive ways.
1: Right, but that's not what our current system does. Instead, it kicks people who are already down so they just cannot get up. There's a group called Debt Free
0: Justice at debtfreejustice.org that works nationally specifically to end the unjust practice of charging juveniles and their families these types of fees
1: and fines. Oh boy, there are so many critical issues in prison reform and this is just one of many. In terms of fees and finances, the push has been to focus on ending cash bail, which is important, but these other fees are also important
0: and they're usually hidden from the public.
1: They cause unnecessary burdens for people who are already so burdened. And the prison system in general is a big moneymaker, sort of like how slavery was a big moneymaker, which is why so many privately run prisons have sprung up.
0: There is definitely a big need for regulation and reform. And there's a lot of prison reform organizations that you can go to if you're interested in helping in any way. Thanks for listening. You can find us at shrinksonthird.com and follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at shrinksonthird. Until next time, take
1: care.